What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Anti Up podcast. Howard Bender, Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm. Oh, baby. All right, Adam, when last we left off, we were uh, lamenting over the fact that Jacob deGrom, uh, after throwing, what, uh, three scoreless innings, three perfect innings with eight strikeouts, uh, left the game with uh, what they were calling shoulder soreness or tightness or whatever. Um, went for test today. MRI apparently came back clean. Uh, the, uh, the the team doctors or a, a doctor said that everything's fine, that he doesn't see anything wrong with the shoulder. DeGrom seen in the outfield today during warmups playing catch. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you probably just want to see him sit out a couple weeks, and apparently that's not what they're deciding right now. Obviously, that could change, but it's probably best just to sit him for a couple weeks, let his body rest and heal up, and you know, that's the other thing that's like, yeah, we're not exactly sure what the issue is. So, uh, yeah, you probably just want to see him sit, take it easy for a little bit. I mean, I definitely listen as a as a fantasy owner, I definitely want to see him take a seat and and relax. But, you know, for the same token, I mean, <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. So there's something going on. There's something wrong. All right, he's come out of back-to-back starts, and there's there's an obvious issue that isn't showing up on the MRI, and it's not, um, you know, and and the doctor isn't catching it. But you know, Degrom throws three innings like he did, and then he comes out, and it's like, well, what do you do as a fantasy owner? Because if you you know if you try to trade him, everybody's like, oh, he's damaged goods, and then you're looking at deals that are like you know sixty and seventy cents on the dollar. Um, you hold them and you just, you obviously run the risk of not only missing starts, but you also could be left holding the bag at the very end of it and be like, well, shit, you know, now all of a sudden he comes out of the game and it's forearm tightness and it's not his shoulder. And, you know, all of a sudden now he misses even more time. So, you know, I mean, it's damned if you do damned, if you don't, where are you, um, like, where are you at as a, as a fantasy owner? Yeah, you want him to sit, you know, because you want to make sure that you have him the entire season. If he does return, make his next start and the same issue again or it gets worse, then you run the risk of not having him for the entire season. So I think you want a team to play it safe, especially when there's been a few scares. So I think even though it sucks, you want him to pitch as often as possible. You also want to make sure that you have him for most of the season, especially down the stretch if you're in a tight race. I think it is best. Uh, to just let him sit, but we'll see. I mean, they might they might still do it. I agree that they should sit him. I agree with that. But the question I'm asking you as a fantasy owner, if you own Degrom, and I don't mean own the person, I mean if you've rostered Degrom, um, do you just say screw it? I'm never going to get full value in a deal from him, so I might as well just hold him. Yeah, I think so, because now is like the worst time to trade him, because if you're in negotiations, someone's going to be like, well, you know, he's got a bad shoulder, he's got all these issues, so you know, I'll do you a favor. Uh, you know, I, it's a risk, but, you know, I'm willing to take the risk. I'm in second place, and I'm doing well. You're in seventh, and, you know, you don't have time to wait, so, you know, I'll take him, and I'll give you that, – that's what's going to happen. So in that situation, you're better off just holding on to him and – hoping that it's nothing serious and that he can pitch in a couple weeks. 
would you go after him with a trade offer uh, if you think the uh, the the current owner is panicking? Yeah, if they express that, and you could get him a little bit cheaper. But again, I, I don't I don't know what is a cheap offer for him at this point. Uh, but yeah, I think if you can't get him, it really depends where you are on the standings too. Uh, I think usually when you're up top, you don't want to take too much risk. You're in a good position, unless it's a fluke, and you know if it is or not. You know if you have a good team. We've all been there where, oh, we're in first, but yeah, this guy's overachieving, this guy's overachieving. Uh, the teams behind me are good. They have some injuries. They're going to get guys back. So you know, and then there are other times you're like, yeah, this team is really good. It's in good shape. Even if I have a couple of injuries, I still should be in good shape. So I think if you're near the top, you probably don't want to risk it. Uh, I think if you're in the middle of the pack and maybe you need to take a risk, then yeah, then maybe you take a chance there and hope that he comes back in a couple of weeks. What if somebody, I love, I love doing the what if scenarios with you because I know it drives you a little nuts, but Adam, let's say you're in a league, 12 team league, you're, you're middle of the pack right now. You could, you know, possibly use a guy like, uh, like Jacob deGrom. You feel comfortable with your hitting, like what kind of a, what kind of an offer like gets it done? Like what would what would you want in return to give up Jacob deGrom? Tatis. Really? So, yeah. Right there. That's it. You you're still you're saying it's got to be a top three guy no matter what. I think it has to be someone near the top because just what DeGrom has done, man, it's just been dominant. So Yes, you have to factor in the injury, but that's why I think it'll be difficult to trade for. Because imagine you give him up for like, I don't know, Nick Castellanos. I mean, is that more in the range of a fair deal at this point? Well, Castellanos, and you probably have to throw me back a pitcher too, right? I guess, yeah. See that? Like what if what if you what if you owned DeGrom and I came back at you and I said, I'll give you Carlos Rodon and Bryce Harper? Uh, Harper's been banged up. I wouldn't do that. All right. What if I offered you? What if I offered you Rodon and Castellanos? Um, I might do that, but then the risk with Rodon is the innings. They've already pushed him back several times this year. I know he's been dominant when he's on the mound, but I mean, and I have him in many leagues, so I'm hoping that you know he just defies the odds and pitches most of the year. I mean, they're a contending team. Uh. What he's got 66 and two thirds innings right now. Uh, he had 120 and two thirds is the most innings he's thrown in the last four years. <laughs> Realistically, I don't know what he can do, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that's okay. What if you'd be okay with Rodon and, and Castellanos or no? I think I'd be okay with that. Okay. What if I offered you, if, if we were playing in a league with daily roster moves, right? And I offered you Shohei Otani straight up for DeGrom. And you could use him as pitcher and hitter? You could use him as pitcher and hitter. I'd take it. You'd take it. All right. See? See? I knew it. This is like, this is like that moment where, where Rocky uh, punches Drago in the face and like cuts him, right? A little bit of blood comes out. And Rocky, what was that, four? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He's not a man. He's a machine. He's not a machine. He's a man. That's what it is. <laughs> right. It's such, so a tough, it's, such a tough, it's such a tough call because 
I mean, this guy injured his shoulder in the third inning and still had a dominant inning. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just so tough. And we've had 75 injury scares from him. And even last year and the year before, or I think it was June two years ago. Oh, his elbow. He went out there and finished the season. So on the other side, you could say, well, everything's adding up. He throws a hundred. It's just going to catch up. So that's the thing is we don't know. You have to make a judgment call. Just be prepared to be wrong. Like if you give up the ground for Otani or a Castellanos Rodon and he comes back and he's the same, you got to be able to say, ah, you know what? I messed up or no, I thought I made the right call. I was reading the situation and I happen to be wrong. So, but I think that's what you do when you make a trade, you envision all scenarios and you have to be okay, even with the outcome that doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I don't think you can make any trade. There's nothing worse than like dealing with somebody who's got buyer's remorse, right? They make a trade and then they sit there and they spend the rest of their time second guessing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they spend their time checking the, uh, the box scores for the other player just to see what he's still doing. Like they're still holding on. Like it's like, it's, it's over. It's done. Um, would you do Vladimir Guerrero straight up for DeGrom? Yeah, that's fair. If you need a bat, sure. Okay. What if I gave you, let's see. What if I gave you Xander Bogarts and Zach Wheeler? Yeah, that's very fair. Wheeler's been dominant. What if I gave you uh, Xander Bogarts and Trevor Rogers? Oh, that's a good one, too. Again, you do have to worry about the innings limit, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I offered you Tyler Glass now, straight up? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what I think of DeGrom right now. I'm offering you Tyler Glass now. Yeah, that'll result in you never making a trade with that person again. All right, what about Brandon Crawford and uh, Rich Hill? No. <laughs> Isaiah Kiner Falefa? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, dude. 15 stolen bases for that guy. I understand that, but... He's been caught once. I understand. I'll kick in Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. No. Freddie Peralta and some beef jerky. Uh, Throw in a piece of chocolate cake and you got yourself a goddamn deal. Oh, see? There it is. German <laughs> chocolate? Nah, African chocolate. <laughs> 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 Do you see the Yankees triple play tonight, by the way? I didn't see it. I got an alert on the phone, but I didn't see the play. Yeah, so you had Bush it was uh it was Bichette at third. It, oh, it was Simeon at third. It was uh Bichette at second. First was empty. Vladimir Guerrero grounds out. They get the out at first. They uh, they throw back to second to to pull back Bichette. Simeon then starts to take off from third. They throw it home. They get Simeon in a pickle uh, on the third baseline. They get him out, then snap it over to third base where uh, Bichette was trying to sneak in at third and slid in. There it was. Okay, now I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it here. It was a very exciting play. It was much more exciting than the fact that the Yankees then, following that inning, loaded the bases with one out and then watched Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres both strike out. 
Yeah, it's kind of happened quite a bit this year, huh? Really, dude, I'm telling you, man. Like, I know you've been talking to people who are just like, this This Yankee team's not coming out of it. They're not. Man, I mean, it's it, like you would think that the momentum of the, the, the triple play and the excitement of that would like, come on, you know, put some put a crooked number up on the scoreboard for crying out loud. They are winning. They're winning. Was, is it more than one nothing? Three, two. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Wow, that's that's super exciting there. <laughs> Three to two. Three to two. Please. Please. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Adam. Um, how the uh oh, you know what? <laughs> I totally forgot. Right? This just goes to show you how much of a basketball guy I am, though. But even I texted you yesterday when the Sixers blew that game. Dude, what was that? Yeah, it was brutal, man. I don't know how they blew it. 26-point lead, and they just cannot do anything in the fourth quarter. Outscored 40-19. to 19. They had one field goal in the final 624, and that field goal came with a tenth of a second left when it meant nothing. Yeah, just an epic collapse. It's two games in a row now that they've blown leads. And now they have to win in Atlanta in game six and at home in Philly to advance. Otherwise, Atlanta goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, Ben Simmons was fouled a lot down the stretch. He was 4-14 from the free throw line, shooting 32% from the free throw line in the postseason. So, yeah, just an epic collapse by Philadelphia. Um, so Atlanta now has a three, two lead on them. Where, where are you at with that? Can Atlanta put them away at home on this Friday? They can. I would probably take Philly. I think Philly is just a more talented team. So I think they can win game six. It's always tough to know what the mentality of a team is. And doc rivers is their coach and he's blown three, three, one leads in his career. So you worry about that? Like I thought he was pretty critical of his team after game four ripping a lot of guys saying I pointed out to everyone how they were selfish, you know, on one particular play or two plays. Uh, so I was like, wow, that's pretty drastic. And I was like, all right, they're going to come out on fire. And they did. They scored 38 points in the first quarter and beat at 17. And then they just fell apart, man. It just, uh, it was stunning. They were outscored 69, 44 in the second half. So, you know, Atlanta's not played great in this series. Uh, you, you know, you give them credit. They needed what, to do what they had to, but it's, this is more Philadelphia breaking down. Uh, Philadelphia is the better team and Tobias Harris only scoring four points. Don't know how that happens. Ben Simmons, obviously with his free throw problems uh, means you can't really get him the ball late. So, you know, Seth Curry did his thing with 36. I think Curry and Embiid were the only sixes to score in that second half. Uh, and they just, they needed one basket down the stretch to really Stop the bleeding, you know, and Bede missed two free throws and it just didn't happen. It was stunning. And you always wonder how a team rebounds mentally from this. But um, I still lean towards Philly winning game six. Yeah, I still don't understand the concept of like missing free throws that badly. Like, you know, I remember when it was like it was like the the running joke about Shaq that he, you know, he couldn't make his free throws. But, you know, I mean, listen, you look at a guy like Shaq and you're like, his his game is in the paint. I'm not worried about, you know, what his free throw shooting is like, although it would be a little bit more beneficial if late in the game when he is getting fouled and hacked and stuff like that, 
that he could, you know, make a fucking basket. But I mean, to me, this is just with Ben Simmons, dude, this is inexcusable. Like what happened to learning fundamentals? Isn't it you who said you're like, you know, when you when you when you know, when you, if you played in like high school basketball or junior high basketball, uh, your coach would make you stand at the free throw line uh, and have to make 10 sh- 10 free throws in a row before you could go home. Yeah, I mean, you would think he you would spend a lot of time with it. It's clearly mental at this point. He's not a good free throw shooter, shot 61.3% in the regular season, but 32.8% in the postseason. I mean, he's clearly, it's in his head now. He's thinking too much. And it's very tough to have success like that. It's anything you do in life. If you have something that distracts you or if you're not confident, you're just not going to do it, you know? So it's clearly in his head now, and they're fouling him intentionally. But it was funny because I saw a video from 2017, November, November 2017. Mm -hmm. And Simmons said, yeah, the hack of Ben's going to stop soon because I'm going to be hitting these free throws. That was four four years ago, <laughs> or three and a half, whatever. And the shit is still going on. Like now, they're doing it intentionally late in games. So why it's a wouldn't problem. you? Right? Yeah, it's, it, it's a big problem for them, and um, it's crazy. Like Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, like two teams that I've always worried about with their mental toughness. And uh, that was just that was something I couldn't believe I was seeing it. It's one of the worst collapses I've seen. Um, because again, uh, this, this series should have been over. They should have won game four and five. You know, they lost game one and they made a furious comeback in that one, um, to cut it close. And they won game two by 16, game three by 16, game four was a disaster. They were up the whole way. Atlanta shot 36% from the field in that game and won. How often do you see a team shoot 36% from the field and win a playoff game? That's what happened. And then this game, again, they blew. They were comfortably ahead. So uh, this series should have been over by now. Bigger concern, Philadelphia losing this series and having this epic collapse or Jacob deGrom uh, and his uh, his shoulder issues? deGrom, because he's a pitcher. Yeah, I think, well, Philly can, I think Philly can still win this series. You think Philly can still win this series? Yeah. All right. They're the better team. Well, then I'll tell you what. Let's find out. Can they win this series in their next game? That comes up Friday. We'll talk that game, best bets, potential leans from Adam Ronis right after this message. All right, Adam, let's put you on the spot right now. Get your uh, your Karnak uh, mind-reading hat on, and uh, and let's look to the future here. Um, actually, first, before we do that, where did you, uh, where did you settle? Cause we're about to start watching the, uh, the Nets bucks game right now. Um, still five and a half bucks are a favorite in this one. Uh, did you, uh, did you write this up at all on uh, wager alarm? No, I just did props. What props did you do? Giannis over 33 and a half points and Harden over seven and a half assists. Ooh. Okay. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Really, you, you you think Harden is uh, he's he's ready at least to dish it off, huh? Yeah, he had eight assists in the last game, and he was misfiring on a couple where he was just off. So I figured having that game under his belt, probably a little less rust, and you know he's always been the playmaker for the team. So I think he can go over that number. I mean, again, he already did in game one. He did. Right. I mean, I mean, 
not game one, game not game one, five. but the last game. Yeah, G- game one post injury. And then he played. He did play forty six minutes, which is not going to happen again. So that's the only thing. But they got off to such a horrendous start. So uh, he's just so good at uh, setting up teammates. So I think he'll go over that number. Okay, right on, right on. Well, then uh, that's uh, that's a game that's going to be happening. So we'll just be able to test Adams knowledge with that let's go to uh friday night's action here um i'll start by asking about the jazz clippers we're gonna save that philly game for a few seconds here jazz clippers no Kawhi. he has already been ruled out jazz only a one point favorite here uh with that news obviously uh, mike conley is still out for the jazz um, so this, uh, you know, one point game that, that, that's a coin flip to me, right? I mean, that's a, that's as much of a pick as you can get, uh, with this one here. Where do you lean? Yeah, I'm not sure yet because Conley is listed as questionable and Donovan Mitchell is listed as questionable. Mitchell's not hundred percent. He was not good in game five. It was clear. He came out, the jazz lit it up in the first half. They scored 65 points. They were hitting threes. Bogdanovic was on fire. But Mitchell wasn't involved. He wasn't taking shots. He wasn't aggressive. He clearly is not 100%. So what's wrong with him? His ankle. It's just, oh. He's had this for a while. Um, All right. So, yeah, he's – because that was a game where it stayed close, and then the Clippers pulled away in the third. The Jazz came back, and you're – I'm just waiting. I'm like, all right, Mitchell's got to take over. I know he's not 100%, but adrenaline's got to kick in. And he just couldn't. He airballed a three. So if he's not 100%, they can't win. They just can't. And, um, you know, Paul George stepped up big time. You know, a lot of people have been critical of him and his postseasons and not coming through in a pressure spot. He answered the call in a major way, man. 37 points, 16 boards, five assists, three threes, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. He was great. And you know what? A lot of other clips, Marcus Morris stepped up big time. You know, I was going to give – I wanted to go his prop. It opened at – 13 and a half. And then obviously with the Kawhi news, it, everyone kept bidding it up and it closed at 15 and a half. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Let me not, <clears throat> let me not play it. I went more in the Reggie Jackson direction and uh, Morris scored 25. So the question is, can he do that again? Uh, 10 of 16 from the field. Uh, but he stepped up Reggie Jackson at 22. So they had everyone step up, shot 51.2% from the field and the jazz just, we're missing threes a lot in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, if Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell really concerns me for Utah. I, I mean, I kind of felt like this series shit was going to go seven. And, you know, the Clippers are still a team that has not fared well with prosperity. So I still think Utah can win the game. But, man, they're going to need way more from Mitchell. Mitchell's who's six and 19. They can't win this game. All right. Okay. So we'll wait to see. We'll check out over at uh, Wager Alarm tomorrow if you write this up. Then let's go to uh, to Atlanta. Hawks up 3-2 in the series. Oh, baby, they are a three-point underdog at home. Home dog here by a tray. Um, do you have a lean? Yeah, I lean Philly. Um, again, it doesn't feel good betting on them. <laughs> because of just what what happened, but uh, they're just the better team, man. I could see them coming out strong like they did in the last game. And uh, the question is, are they going to be able to 
finish it this time? You know, that's going to be the big question, but uh, I'm going to lean Philly. You're going to lean Philly in this one. All right. Damn. But these, I'm t- these I just like going against Philly because, you know, I, I love giving shit to, uh, to Dan Servadidio, obviously, as well as uh, Dave Lochran from Osimo. Because, you know, Lafayette's like a huge Sixers guy. Huge. Yeah, I do know that. Um, I'll tell you this, though. These playoffs have been the, probably the most predictable, most difficult to predict ever, man. It's just you just don't know. Um, I mean, I think the two results last night were stunning. I mean, the Jazz, that line was minus two and a half when Kawhi played. And it closed at eight and a half. And they lost by by eight. <laughs> it's just nuts. Um, and then the Philly game was absolutely stunning as well. So we've just seen some wild things happen here in the postseason. I mean, injuries are a big part of it. But, you know, this this is a blown opportunity, though, for Utah. Even though I know Mitchell's not 100%, and that's a factor, and they've had no Conley, but I mean, Kawhi's out on the other side. I mean, that was a big loss. It was there for them to take, and if they lose this series – they're going to look back and be like, that might have been our opportunity to win a title, especially since, you know, Chris Paul, we don't know about him and this whole COVID protocol crap. Um, and then Brooklyn not being 100% healthy. And so uh, I felt like this was an opportunity for them. And it uh, looks like they, they might let it slip away. But hey, if they can get it back home, uh, they were 31 and five at home in the regular season. It's a big home crowd advantage. But uh, I don't know, man. That that game five was not encouraging. All right. Well, there you go. A little, uh, little NBA flavor. Now, you know, I always forget it's because it's Thursday night when we record, and I always forget that there's there's not another episode that drops for a couple of days here. Um, you know, I was looking. I was reading the uh, the Ronus bonus that you uh, that you posted on Fantasy Alarm. Uh, the other day, and I was like, oh, you know what? I remind myself on Thursday to kind of bring up some MLB waivers just because, you know, somebody who's listening to this on Friday, just a couple of guys to keep on their radar for Sunday night fantasy baseball waivers. Um, you had uh, you had written up uh, Jesus Sanchez, the prospect out of uh, out of Miami, uh, absolutely tearing it up in triple A. Um, he's been it's been a little rough for him for the first two games so far. Um, is Sanchez a guy though, that you're going to target in waivers this week? Yeah. If I need a bat, I mean, in deep performance, there's not a lot out there. So I'll take a shot. We know that these players come up, they tend to struggle a little bit, maybe the strikeouts early on, but if he's going to get an opportunity to play, yeah. I mean, cause we saw big time power in the minor league. So I'll, I'll take a shot. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I, I just, I worry about, um, whether or not they're just going to put him back down in the minors uh, once Corey Dickerson comes back. I mean, Dickerson's well, he's got a bruised foot. Is that what we're looking at? Foul the ball off of it? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, dude, I, even in that article, bro, the Royals must have read that fucking article and want to make me look like an asshole. They sent Edward Oliveras down again. It's um, what the fuck are they doing? It's amazing, right? Dude, the fucking honestly, poor guy's a yo-yo. I don't fucking get it. I think what was it? I wrote like roller coaster with uh, I don't even want to fucking read it anymore. Like they, I was actually gonna lead the column with him, and I'm like, nah, I can't. What if they fucking send them down again? But like, I don't understand. And actually, 
made a mistake in the NFBC. Uh, one, it was going to drop him on Sunday night. And, um, you know, we I was going on over the, uh, the waivers over the phone with Brian, and he was inputting everything. And then when it ran, he's like, oh, shit, I forgot to change the second drop. And so we had the same drop for both. It was supposed to be switched to Oliveras. And I was like, well, that's my fault, too, because I have to see that. You know, we're partners. You know, I'm supposed to look it up. So it was both of us. And then uh, Alvarez got called back up. I was like, oh, Alvarez is up. He's like, ah, we caught a break today. Ah, Alvarez was sent down. But I just don't get it, bro. Like, I was like, all right, maybe this time he stays up. Andrew Benintendi goes on the injured list. He was in the lineup Monday. Tuesday, he didn't start. I think he pinch ran. And then they drop him again. Like, why bring him up for it? This is the third time. You have sent them down. You called them up, sent them out. Called them up, sent them down. Called them up, sent them Why? Why are you doing this for? What's the point? If you have no intention of playing him, why are you bringing him up? Um, I totally don't understand. It made no sense to me whatsoever. Like I was, my last sentence was just beware. The Royals have already sent them down twice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's true, right? I mean, it was so funny because, you know, when, when Oliveris was first being called up, I actually, you know, I, I was like, Oh shit, man. I, you know, I, I could use some speed. Um, and I hit up Bowden and I was like, dude, you talk to Matheny all the time. Give me the, uh, the skinny on Oliveris, you know, is he, is he going to be worthwhile to pick up? And, uh, and Bowden says, he's like, you know, he's, he's got some speed and he's okay. I just don't know if he's going to see the, you know, enough of an opportunity to play could get, you know, could be their back and forth guy. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, so I, I passed on it whatever. And then sure as shit, when he got, you know, again, sent down again. And Bowden even said to me before we even jumped on air, he's like, what I tell you, my Duncan yo-yo in effect right there, Edward Olivares, uh, yet again, sent back down. Um, I forgot about that part in your, uh, in your article. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny too, because, uh, my home league waivers runs Wednesday night and I was looking at him and I was like, nah, don't do it. Oh, no, wait, wait, he was sent down. No, yeah, he was sent down today, right? Today? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was looking last night, and I was like, uh, no, don't do it to yourself again. So, good <laughs> thing I did. Um, anybody come to mind right now as far as, like, potential waiver targets for you? Just, like, an early lean? Is there anyone? Uh, you, you wrote up Rosario. You're obviously a big fan of him, but... I don't know if he's available or he's not. He's actually more Some available leagues. in CBS formats. I was stunned when I saw the percentage. So in those years, but um, I'm trying to think because uh, I, ha- I haven't looked yet. Um, yeah, there's not. Uh, I guess McKinney, maybe he's been hitting for the Mets. Right. Christian Arroyo. Um, I feel like there's a pitcher that I'm forgetting. I know we're going to see Matt Manning make his debut, but he was terrible in AAA, man. He was absolutely like an ERA of uh, almost eight. Um, so we'll see how he pitches on Thursday night, but that could be someone that people start to look at. Uh, what else? I thought last week was terrible in waivers. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Last week was horrible. And, and you know, it's so funny too, because I, uh, but I, I did, I, I messed him up um, because I was dealing with the, uh, with the NFL draft guy that like, I, um, I, I I I made my tout bid, but I forgot to like double check it and like look at the news and see what's going on. So I I overbid on Cisnero, not realizing that Fulmer was going to be coming back as quickly as he was coming back. 
Uh, and then I missed like three waiver deadlines because I was sitting there writing articles and shit. And uh, and it's like totally fucked with my Sunday night. But yeah, it was. I, I'm I'm glad it wasn't like a big waiver, you know, weekend though. Like that was that that's true. And I don't feel like it's a big waiver weekend here. Although you got to figure with Super Two coming, you know, Super Two deadline happening, you know, now's the time to maybe stash a, a Vidal Bruhan or a Bobby Witt Jr. If somebody hasn't already done that in your league. Yeah, you can do that sort of if you have room. I guess Jake Fraley is a guy that might still be out there. Mm -hmm. Zach McKinstry, I picked him up last week, and you know Bellinger's on the aisle once again. Um, yeah, there's not a, a Patrick Sandoval is a guy I kind of like. I picked him up in the league or two. He might be out there. Um, maybe a short term. I picked him up two weeks ago. I wound up dropping him this past weekend, and then Kyle Tucker is on this COVID list. I don't know how long, but Chas McCormick's pretty good, man. Hit a couple home runs Wednesday, uh, but I don't know how long Tucker's going to be out. But that could be someone. How about this? In my tout league, you know, because you have the top, uh, the fab rebate, someone yeah. dropped George Springer. I'm, I'm at my wits fucking end with George Springer. Well, don't you think I have to spend big on him? I'm in first place. And I yeah, have the most fab. I have. Um, but you can't you can't do it yet while he's on the I.L., right? I don't know. Is that the rule? Yeah, I think that's the rule in tout that. Yeah, what? because you, because oh. you, he's got to be in your active lineup. Well, you, I mean, well, I guess mean, you could you could do it. May, I guess you could probably do it and just play a one hitter short. Right. Yeah, okay. because you can pick up minor leaguers and the same thing. Like, say you pick up a minor leaguer and he's not active yet. You just get him in the lineup and you get a zero for the week. All right. Well, yeah, if you can handle the uh, the zero on George Spring, yeah, you got to put up. You got to put big money on. Well, here's when, when does he do? Uh, he's on, he's on rehab right now, I believe. Let me double check. But I have nine hundred ninety two dollars, and then Jackpot. and the second most is eight oh four. Oh, nice. All and right. Then, well. And then after that is six sixty one. So you throw down five hundred and change. Maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah. Why not? Like what? How, if Springer is healthy, and I know he's been banged up in two different injuries this year, but like, are you going to really find that type of impact player on the waiver wire? And I'm in first place, so it's like house money. It is true. It is house money. And didn't you? Uh, you you already got rebated in that. Yeah, league. for Ozuna, for Ozuna. Ozuna, Paxton, and Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah. Go big. Look at you. I think so you're so excited. If he's not going to play for the Mets, at least he's going to play for Adam Ronis. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, he started his rehab a day ago. All right. Well, go get him, Tiger. I think I have to, man. Go get him. What was the um, what was the bid? What, how much was the rebate? Uh, let's see. It was 260. I, You know, the team's in 14th place that did it. Right. So. I mean, it's kind of weird to do it now, you know, when he's close to coming back. But they probably said, you know what? I just need the fab money and they're taking a shot. You know, plus, I guess if you're at the bottom, too, you you want to move up and not get hit with the fab penalty next year, too. Yes, that's definitely true as well. Something I had to deal with uh, a year or so ago. So, 
All right, Adam, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in acquiring George Springer. You can stay in first place in tout, win that league again. Another tout championship for you, Adam. Oh, it's uh, still, dude. It's still we three months to go. I blo- I've no, been, I'm crowning you the champion already, man. Yeah, I'm, don't I'm, do it. I, that's it. I've been, in, I've been on both sides, one where I blew the lead in the last week and lost, and another time where I came back and won. So oh, I've been no, on both no. sides. You're, you're Adam Ronis. Come on. That's not true. Cut it out. You got this, and it's in the bag. Okay, thank you. You got it locked up. Well, at least the Islanders are down one nothing. Oh, thank God, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't, you know what? I don't even want. Why would you? Why would you want to end it on 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 a, just even mentioning the Islanders? Fuck them. Go Tampa Bay. Ugh. All right, that's gonna do it for Adam and I here tonight. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in to the Andy Up podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week, bigger, better than ever. So maybe we got some surprises for you next week. Maybe we don't. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do. Wait a minute. You're going away. Yes. So we do have some surprises for you. No Adam Ronis next week. Howard Bender going to parade a bunch of guests out here to hang out with me for this uh, for this podcast. So. And then we'll vote and have like figure it out if I should bring in one of these other hosts uh, or guests and uh, and we give Adam the boot for good. I'm just kidding, man. Come on. I'm just kidding. You know I love you. When do you leave? You leave Monday, right? Yes. Oh, shenanigans. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So Adam will be back in an extended period of time. Big, long absence for him. But... Not to worry. And we'll check in with him if we get a chance to. Uh, Thanks again for listening and subscribing. I'm Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. We'll catch you next time.